What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. So, uh, Gamescom was this week, or today, actually, so we're, we're bringing you right up to the minute breaking news. There's there's not that much news from Gamescom. No. Um, a few other stories. Uh, it's been a really bad week for Respawn, which we'll talk about when we get to top stories. We will revisit the post office. Um and we'll go right from there. Uh, quick up front, before I forget, uh, there is no show uh, next week as I will not be in town. Uh, but then the next week after that, you'll get to hear me talk about a lot of upcoming games that I will have played at that point. So look forward to that. Uh, Mike, if you have anything you'd like to hear about, think about that now and let me know when we record in two weeks. Excellent. Uh, nothing new for us. Mike is still thumbing his way through Fire Emblem, uh, and I have not played much in the way of games. I wanted to get No Man's Sky, but I haven't had uh, haven't had time to to hop back into that. Though Terrence tells me that I would like it a lot if I got back in with the new update. Hmm. So we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, quickly, new release highlights. Uh, Black Desert, the MMORPG, uh, releases formally on PS4 and Xbox One this week. It's been in beta for a little bit now. Uh, Oni Naki comes out for PS4 and Switch. Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist Link Evolution comes to the Nintendo Switch. And Rad comes to Switch and PS4 this week, a very colorful indie game. I was thinking about getting Onanaki mm-hmm. for the Switch, but um, it, it, one, it's $50. Whoa, really? Yeah. <laughs> what What is it? I don't even know what it is. It's an action RPG from Square. Okay. And um, and I saw some gameplay video of it, and it just looks... And that look, this is going to sound ridiculous coming from the guy that put 130 hours into Marvel Ultimate Alliance, but it just looks repetitive. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's... Uh... it's um, the from the from the previews videos, and these are videos, and this is you know, third hand account, but um it looks like a mobile game. Really? Um in terms of gameplay, right? Like you're just dungeon crawling and you're pressing the attack button three times for the same three hit combo. Um the same three hit combo that gives the same like like voice cues for Like that's all you do, right? Like that's all you what, do. What was that RPG that Square, like the indie style RPG that Square released a few years ago? I think you played it. I don't remember what it was called. Uh, what is it? I am Setsuna. Yes, yes. Is this the yeah, same people? This is this is from those people. Okay, cool. And, that also uh, was really repetitive too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I I, I put down I am Setsuna just because it didn't really hold my attention and. This game uh, seems like it's that, but has the audacity to be $50. <laughs> and it's not even, well, it is coming out on Switch. Probably not coming it out is, on Xbox. So. But um, if you pre order it, you can get it for $45. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, that's 10% off for you math wizards at home. So, so passing on Oninaki, uh, shocking because Micah has not bought a new game in two weeks. So I figured that his. Trigger finger would be getting itchy and would just buy any piece of crap that came along. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. But I guess not. Not after the the weekend I had, no. (laughs) Fair enough. 
So uh, before we get into quick hit news, a bit of housekeeping, make sure you go to youtube.com slash dense pixels, click the red subscribe button, ring the bell icon. Uh, we post this podcast in video format every week. If I ever do live streaming, it's through our YouTube app and there's a couple other features on there as well. So again, that's youtube.com slash dense pixels. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to this show, uh, the Nerdpocalypse Black on Black Cinema and Coming Distractions on whichever app you use to play your podcasts. Uh, that's the whole TNP Studios family for free. Uh, and also, if you're not a premium member, go to densepixels.com slash premium. Sign up for premium content today for just $5 a month or $50 for the entire year. Uh, we are recording a new episode of the Men with the Golden Tongues this weekend, which you guys will probably get sometime next week. Uh, our review of Mission Impossible 3. Uh, the Mission Impossible is getting that recorded. It is hard to be a parent. That's my good test. Yeah, no kidding, man. Uh, but we also are getting new content of Aryan Grievances coming every couple of weeks for you guys. Uh, new No Time to Bleeds, hopefully soon, uh, Jay says. And, of course, you get your weekly uh, Steady Eddie episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast, which you can listen to the first hour for free every week uh, on, a ra- on a separate feed. But, again, get the premium content. It's well worth it for the second hour to hour and a half plus that you get of look forward every week as well. Densepixels.com slash premium. If you sign up right now, there's over 350 hours of premium content waiting for you. A good chunk of it being not, uh, like not, uh, not time sensitive. Old yeah, reviews of no time to bleed. I mean, for, for Christ's sake, you got the whole men with the golden tongues back catalog of the entire James Bond film franchise reviews and other bond topics and the first two mission impossible movies and Austin powers. And never say oh, never again, man. which doesn't I count. Forgot. Yeah, we've done a lot. Uh, yeah, it's hard to believe lot. we've done a lot. Can you believe we've been doing Men with the Golden Tongues for over like three years? I think at this point now. Yeah, it has to be right because yeah. we've done all twenty-four James Bond films, and then two others, and then and then like between like, once they were done, like specials and stuff like that. Wow, we are awesome. Time flies when you are <laughs> when you are having fun. I can't believe <laughs> premium content's been around for that long. Uh, yeah. Honestly. So. Yeah, I can't either because my wallet can't believe it. <laughs> Holy shit. So moving on uh, to our quick hit news of the week. So we didn't cover the story when it dropped because we're not uh, Fortnite players, so we don't follow the whims of Fortnite content every week. Uh, but apparently they put mechs in the game, like Titanfall-esque mechs uh, when they started this new season of Fortnite a couple of weeks ago. And they're, like, super OP, apparently. Like, fans <laughs> of the game were, like, adamant that they got rid of them because they were so overpowered in the game. And Epic has not gotten rid of them. And, in fact, they've written a blog post to talk about why they put them in the game in the first place. And this is quoting from Epic Games. The mission of Fortnite is to bring players of all skill levels together to have a fun experience where anyone can win. End quote. So basically, they are they put this OP thing in the game to help players who play more casually and might not be as skilled uh, to give them a fighting chance, I guess, in the game. That would be me if I ever <laughs> were to play Fortnite. Um, look, if you don't like it, um, is there a way that you can, like, not play with those people? Now, that I don't know because I don't – Again, we're we're not we don't play Fortnite, so we can't speak to it intelligently. Yeah. Um, I don't know that they have like a competitive 
stream that has like a pure mode or pure, you know, version of the game in it. I think that the changes that they make across the game go across all game modes, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if you can avoid that at all. Apparently they're not like rampant apparently. So like they put out a chart and if, and if there's something that I love, it is going to be graphs when it comes <laughs> to stuff like this. So the, the mechs are called brutes, uh, which is an acronym. I don't know what it stands for. Uh, B R U T E. So apparently in, in, Solo games, so in games where it's solos, where it's just, you know, 100 people, last person standing wins, mechs are only getting uh, four kills per game, which out of 100 people is not very much, honestly. I think, and then duos, it goes up to like a little over six uh, squads, which is uh, groups of four. It's right around six. Um, the arena modes, it's way down, and apparently they decrease the spawn rates in the arena modes. Maybe the arena modes are the are the like competitive modes. That sounds like it's what it would be. So people were freaking out online. This data, if it's accurate, would suggest that it's not as big of a problem um, as people might be making it out to be. It might just be amplified by all the complaints. Yeah, I, I you know, the um, this screams of um, of the vocal minority, mm-hmm. like rearing its ugly head. Now, what do you and, think? What do you what do you think about this putting in? Instead of forcing players to move their skill level up to meet the rest of the game, what do you think about putting in – it's not a cheat code per se, but it definitely is a handicap of sorts uh, for players that might not be as skilled. Um, what do you think of – what do I think of essentially dumbing down the experience, like yes. making it – preventing people from getting good, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Um that's why I asked if this was something that can be walled off or you can choose to do it because if you have a choice to play with people who have the avail who have boots available, then you can just choose not to. But if they're forcing it on you, I, I don't know. It, it would depend on how bad it is. I would, fi- I would figure the hardcore people would love a chance at, you know, honing their skills and, and beating and defeating somebody in a brute. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the hardcores, you know, hardcore people are generally like, give me any challenge and I will fucking master it. Right. Um, I don't know if it's, I, I think once people start to figure out how to take these things out with ease, nobody will have a problem. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I, I assume the goal is to hopefully level everything out. So that if you need a brute, you can hop in a brute and you can get a couple kills and not, you know, feel bad about yourself. But uh, the more skilled players will be like, yeah, no, the brute, that's nothing. You know what I mean? Um, I don't I don't mind it if you have a choice. If you don't have a choice and you just got to kind of figure things out, that's eh, a little that's a little different. Like fighting games. Fighting games have been going through this, right? Like before it was high execution with, um, with, you know, different motions. Like in the nineties and this is your first time going into an arcade and you, you sit down in front of street fighter. All you knew was Kung Fu on the NES, right? Right. And then and you, you come and you got, to, and you got to pay 25 cents a lesson basically. 
Right. And you and what happened? Like you you adapted and and you got good and you learned how to do the Z motion so you can do dragon punches and stuff like that. So um but fighting games now have been less about um execution in terms of combos, which is why you see auto combos becoming a little more prevalent. And more into the mind games of fighting games, right? Like Killer Instinct has auto combos, Dragon Ball has auto combos, like, but there's so much, there's so many other mechanics. It's to try and get you to understand the essence of what the game is and not just the execution. So I don't know if that's what's going on with this. I don't, I, I, I don't know, but I, I, I don't mind it if the core gameplay is untainted like if the game is broken now because of max i don't think well i mean and and the again the data does not support that that story right um i mean the the thing for me though is that it's it's fortnite right so fortnite every season they add new elements to the game and they're usually and, and and our listeners that know fortnite better can correct me if i'm wrong a lot of these new elements last for that season and then go away. Yeah. So this might just be a temporary, you know, season 10 feature that in season, season 11 might not be there at all. Um, but, it, but again, it's, 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 I don't mind them trying new things. Uh, I, it, it is kind of weird having like a cheat code, but then again, you know, the people that are at the top of that game, like if you're, if you're someone coming in new to Fortnite, like you're going to eat shit for a while mm-hmm. and that's not fun. Um, to, to get, and it's, it's part of the growing pains of a new game, but it's still not fun. Like if you're going to get knocked out, you know, in the top 50 places every time against people that have been playing for a long time. So, and there's a pro the possibility of not, you know, enjoying the experience means that you're less likely to stick with the game for a long period of time. So any, anything they could do to kind of increase the engagement, it's not a problem. And like you said, as long as it's not throwing off the balance of the game, uh, there shouldn't be much of an issue there. Right. But, People, people going to complain when you change. Well, shit, people, so. you know, people don't like change, and I'm not throwing stones. I don't like change either. As I'm getting older, I realize that. But like you people who are playing Fortnite are way too young to be <laughs> jaded and and just <laughs> close minded when it comes to video games. Like they're trying something new. There's no guarantee that this is going to stay, like you said. And if it does, uh, you know, I'll tell you. Like you tell the people that you beat, get good. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, we talked about fighting games a little bit, so uh, we talked about Evo last episode. Bad news from Evo, though. Apparently, it is possible that Evo 2019 attendees may have been exposed to the measles. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did Evo 2019 take place in Pikesville? <laughs> there was a measles outbreak in Pikesville? There was a measles I outbreak I did not know that. Yeah, there was a measles outbreak in Pikesville in two one two oh nine, where I used to live at, where Jay lives at now. Hmm. <laughs> well, thankfully, all of us are vaccinated against such a thing. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, the uh, the Southern Nevada Health District released a report uh, that the Mandalay Bay and Luxor Hotel, which are connected hotels in in Las Vegas where Evo takes place, uh, they said that a visitor who was there between August first and August sixth had a case. Of the measles, of course, Evo was held between the second and the fourth. Um, we don't know if that if that person was an Evo attendee or a competitor. It might have just been someone that happened to be 
at the hotel around the time of the tournament. Uh, the Mandalay Bay is humongous. Uh, obviously, like it's not just an Evo hotel that weekend. It has many regular guests. I've stayed there a couple times. Quite um, frankly, I'm, I'm still shocked that Evo takes place at the Mandalay Bay. It's funny, too, because, like, they have, like, you've seen the Evo Arena, right? Like, that's an right. I've been in that arena. Like, that arena is literally connected to the hotel. Like, they, so. like, like Mike Tyson has fought there, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, as long as you had uh, the measles vaccine, which, let's hope you did, <laughs> then you're <laughs> unlikely to contract any illness uh, from the contact. However... Symptoms of the measles don't typically start showing up until around 10 to 21 days after you are exposed to the virus. So they said that uh, North, uh, the Southern Nevada Health District recommends that anyone who may have come into contact with the measles virus, if they have the symptoms, which include a high fever, runny nose, cough, and or red eyes, to contact your local health care provider to discuss a safe way to enter the health provider facility without spreading the virus. Also... Fucking vaccinate your children. Yeah, yo. Like, I, if you don't vaccinate your children, you don't love them. That's that. Or anyone else's child, for that matter. Yeah. So If you don't vaccinate your child, you think your child is a dog. Because <laughs> you don't vaccinate dogs. So Some people do. I don't know. Do they have dog vaccines? I feel like they might. You know what? They probably do. Yeah. As, as, as uh, attached as people are to their dogs. Yep. So, uh, Respawn Entertainment, by the way, had a real bad week. So, there's an event going on in Re- in Apex Legends called the Iron Crown. And as part of this event, they brought in a ton of new skins to Apex Legends that were limited to this event. However, all of the cosmetics were locked behind a very expensive loot box mechanic that I believe I saw estimates saying that if you wanted to get all of the items during the event, it could cost you approximately $170 to unlock all of the skins and cosmetic content for the Iron Crown event. Uh, Micah, it will shock you to learn that fans of Apex Legends were not happy about this. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> The EA is like, wow, that, and that's the conspiracy theory, right? Like EA is like, oh, we got a gold mine here. Let's hurry up and monetize it. Yes. Um, wow. Well, first of all, I get why people like skins for their characters. I really do. Um, but I, it's not a big deal when you're playing a first person shooter, guys. It really isn't. It, because because <laughs> because people like they're like when they see you, they're trying to kill you. They're not admiring how yeah, fly you look. To, uh, <laughs> They're not there to admire you. Now that that that's that's of course very different than me spending like four to five hours to grind out a specific set of armor in Destiny. Because <laughs> in Destiny you have the tower, you can at least look at yourself in the tower, right? So exactly, exactly. And you know that armor comes with perks. Do these uh does this Native American no, skin? No, it is just uh it is just a pretty pretty picture. So yeah. So so come respawn reverse course on this. Um. They have decided that the cosmetics will no longer require loot boxes, uh, though you can still earn them for loot boxes if you want to. Instead, Micah, you can purchase individual items for 1,800 Apex coins apiece, uh, which is $18 in real-world money. <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Ter- Terrence has talked about the 
the insane prices that some of the Apex Legends cosmetics and look, the game is free to play. Um, yeah. I totally understand why you would charge for like the flyest to fly stuff. And and again, it's optional. You don't have to buy these things. It's not at all required to play the game. I feel like that. I don't know. I feel like this was like inching, like trying to tow your way up to that line and seeing how far you could cross over it before, uh, before getting slapped back. And that's not oh, a yeah. good look. That's not a good, like, especially considering the publisher, uh, that apex legends is owned by, or that respawn yeah. is owned by. That's not a, that's not a good look. Yeah. When you're owned by the worst company in America, you <laughs> might not want to do these type of business practices. No. Um, yeah, it's a free it's a free to play game. You got to make your money somehow. Um, they wouldn't charge that if people wouldn't buy it. But my mentality is, um, I think you would get more people to buy these things, or it would at least look better, more enticing, if they weren't, you know, twenty dollars. Essentially, yeah. I mean, we we. I mean, Lord knows that in years past we have called Capcom out like hardcore for the price of costumes and arenas and things like that in street fighter five. Yeah. And they correct me if I'm wrong, Micah, at this, I knew this was true of street fighter four. I feel like it might be true of five. You can get a entire collection of skins for every character for about that price. Can you not? Now you can just cause when, when the skins first came out, they ranged from, three dollars to six dollars and uh and look i'm not throwing stones if you buy this stuff right because i've bought a i've bought a, a fair share of skins with real money um but they you know they maxed out at six bucks which is already oh, just too much it's too much money um you know especially when capcom you know had marvel versus capcom you could buy a whole goddamn character for six dollars um, or seven dollars. Um, so yeah, it, it, they they did, but now that you know some of these skins are very old, um, they have packs of them, and you can get packs of skins for less than twenty dollars. And you know, twenty dollars is the is the hard line, right? Twenty dollars is the hard line. That is the line where you can't. You have to think about $20. You could throw five bucks away, right? Mm -hmm. You could throw five. People throw five bucks away every day on a cup of coffee. You can throw five bucks away on a skin or whatever, right? You can even throw, I would even argue you could throw $10 away. 20, it's just something about 20 that, like, if I find a $20 bill on the ground, I'm I'm super excited. You know what I mean? Whereas, it just seems very steep to me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I, I don't disagree. It's game game economies are wild. Where I think one of the post office questions this week also touches on this as well in a different sense. Um but uh speaking of things you shouldn't do. So carrying on from this story, Respawn has some of their developers go on to Reddit inside the Apex Legends subreddit to talk to have a forum to talk about this because again, the community was really pissed off. And uh, you would think that despite all the vitriol and, and anger coming from your community, that your developers would be able to, you know, remain calm 
<laughs> under under the circumstances, knowing that they fucked up and they were going to get some shit thrown at them. Not that I'm excusing, you know, fans of the game teeing off on developers online. You shouldn't do that either. But the developers are in a position that they are they are providing a customer service, so you have to unfortunately be the bigger person. And apparently, some of the developers, especially uh, from a developer whose Reddit handle is DK05, uh, didn't didn't do that, basically. <laughs> so he called, he called the guy a dick, yo. He did. He called he called one of the fans a dick. Uh, I'm going to quote from his Reddit post or his comment on this post. Uh, hey, everyone. Found the dick I was talking about, referring to the comment above him. Guess what? I didn't even read your comment except for the first sentence and last. This kind of garbage doesn't warrant a reply, but lucky for you, I already made a comment about this earlier. Go find it. And someone else replied later is like, hey, uh, but he called the, the, the commenter called someone a dick, not you in particular. And the, this guy responds, I think technically I was calling gamers dicks. I don't know. I had a spicy lunch. Feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> Here, here's another quote. I don't know if this is also, I think this is from him as well. Uh, I've been in the industry long enough to remember when players weren't complete asshats to the developers and it was pretty neat. I forced a bunch of long lasting relationships from back then. Would be awesome to get back there and not engaging with toxic people or asking how high when a mob screams jump is hopefully a start. <laughs> here's another one. Uh, there is a wealth of data on of, on how monetization works in free-to-play games, and we ourselves have run tests by putting skins on sale in the store. The amount of people who spend is crazy low. Most of y'all are freeloaders, and we love that, and a change in price doesn't move the needle. And then even okay. Respawn's community manager came in and said, quote, So it's fine for you to all call us liars full of shit and other personal attacks when we communicate an apology and update to the event, but we're, quote, immature when we call people out on it. Got it. <laughs> I don't feel like that this was the best response to the, to the situation. No, uh, look, look, they are right. Right. Like, like the internet is, is, has, uh, birthed a new breed of entitled dick. Right. And I, and, and gamers are among them. Um, but at the same time, like you're in media relations now also you can't you can't can you imagine can you imagine if mayor jack young who gets a lot of criticism just went up and called his constituents a bunch of dicks like oh i remember when baltimore was full of really nice people now everybody's just a bunch of dicks and asshats and shit like that no i i can't i can't imagine an executive leader uh using social media to (laughs) respond directly to people that criticize him uh, for his job performance. I can't imagine that at all. You know I what? have never ever, ever seen that in my entire life. You know what? I, I was in my happy place and I blocked it out and I forgot <laughs> the fact that, that that guy is, is, is the leader of free world. I, I, I am, I touche, Brad. Touche. <laughs> God damn. I mean, but that's, that's not who you want to be compared to though. No, it isn't. It, it really <laughs> is like, like, like that <laughs> level, that level of, uh, of personal response is not what you should be striving for. If you're, yeah. <laughs> if you're, if you're, especially if you're a community manager. And again, again, like I, I'm not disputing the fact that it's fucked up that people can go online and just savage them, um, and and take pot shots and and go and cross the line and and do all that right. stuff. Exactly. Um, about 
this topic. I'm not I'm not excusing that behavior and gamers need to do better. We've talked about that on this show before. Is that it's yep. not right for you to go on Twitter and harass like a developer, or a community manager, or somebody just because you don't like something that happened in your in the game. But <laughs> at the same time, that community manager needs to like it's and it sucks. And it sucks. But you and I, Micah, have both worked in customer service. And we know that you can't you you no matter how mad you get sometimes at somebody who's teeing off at you, you got to remember that they're not mad at you. They're mad at the situation and you just happen to be the representative for the situation. So you can't take it personally. Right. There's a whole idiom about it. It's called don't shoot the messenger. Like, 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 and, and everybody in this situation is a messenger of sorts. I like, I get the, I get why gamers might be pissed you know, some of them might have legitimate grievances and some of them would just be in fucking asshat dicks. Right. And I get you, you take on that and you keep pushing and eventually somebody's going to push back. I understand that too, but, um, this is not the way to do it. And you gotta, you gotta be the, I, I hate to say it. Gamers need to change, but you, you know, the developers also have to be the bigger people in this situation. Well, and and the thing is too, like you have this controversial situation and you're going on, you're going on Reddit to have a forum about it. Reddit, of course, is like half a cesspool anyway, especially when it comes to stuff like this. You have to know what you're getting into. Like, it's 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 not, it's it's not like the reaction should have caught you off guard. Right. I, I haven't been on Reddit often, but I imagine it's like one Chan. You know what I mean? Where it's, <laughs> well, depend, <laughs> depending depending on the subreddit, like I'm in a lot of good subreddits, um, uh, but there is certainly yeah. It, it, I mean, and especially one like like the Apex Legends subreddit or the subreddit for any large popular game, you're going to attract a lot of fucking assholes in there. Yeah, and you know that going in, so you got you got to you got to more measured spots. Uh, Vincent Zampella just hours ago did respond to this. Um, apologizing to the community saying that some of the some of the developers did certainly cross a line and that's not how he wants respawn to be represented he said he's sorry to any of our fans that were offended um and he will always stand behind the team at respawn and support them on speaking out against toxic and nasty comments uh but that they shouldn't be the ones contributing to it um and they need to lead by example so um about the right response i guess that you can expect yeah, I wouldn't say, you know, I apologize to the people that were offended. Uh, I, I would probably say I, I apologize to the people that we did offend. Um, I don't know. It, it, it might it, be it's, 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 it's going, well, I, it's creeping up to, I'm sorry if you were offended. If you were yeah. offended, yeah, yeah. That's a little too close, <laughs> right, to, right, right, a little right. too close to that line, man. Like, <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Uh, finally, in quick hits, then uh, this is a very quick one. There's an op- open alpha on PlayStation 4 uh, this weekend for the 2v2 gunfight mode uh, for the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So this is going to be the third mode in the game, aside from the campaign and the traditional multiplayer. Uh, that al- that seems very GoldenEye-ish in a way. Like, I won't be able to play it because I'm going to be out of town while this alpha is going on. Um but I, I'm I am a little intrigued about this two v two gunfight mode that they have talked about previously. So, okay. so I honestly didn't know this game was still a thing. Yeah, what do you mean it's still a thing? 
Like you didn't no, think they were making like, it? I, like, like, of course people still play it, right? But mm, I don't hear a lot about it anymore. That's fair. I mean, they've been they've been keeping things close to the vest. It's been trickling out a little bit. Um, plus the they're back to their regular release window. So I think last year we were hearing stuff around E more stuff around E three because it was coming out earlier, thanks to Red Dead. Um, but yeah. now that it's back at the end of October, we're getting the normal the normal Call of Duty news cycle where they're just trickling out details as they go. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Yeah, I put the I linked the wrong article in there. My apologies. So, but well then, yeah, Call of Duty is. Um, I want to like Call of Duty. I, I really, I really want to like it. Oh, like I said, I'm not playing the campaign of this one at all. I know that I'm not going to like it. Yeah, I can, I can, I can assure you that I'm not going to like it. Yeah. So, uh, before we get into really one topic of the week, we're going to talk Gamescom news. Just a reminder: uh, go to densepixels.com/slash/amazon whenever you buy anything. On Amazon, big or small, you'll pay the same low price, but we get a small percentage of the sale. And by the way, do you need the free two-day shipping, Prime members? Are you? Do you really want to make that old man run across the <laughs> warehouse like crazy? <laughs> Go with the free Super Saver shipping, unless it's something that you need to have tomorrow. But still, use densepickles.com/slash/amazon. Mike, do they give you free Amazon movie credit if you uh, if you use the Super Saver shipping? Oh, really? You get like a dollar off like a movie rental or something. Oh snap! Every time you do, do it. that, because uh, you know some of these black on black cinema videos um, that we can't find, we got to rent, and I'm like, I don't want to rent some of this stuff, man. Like it's it's bad. So, uh, Gamescom is this week in uh, in Cologne, Germany. Uh, Gamescom, arguably the third biggest industry trade show uh, behind E3 and TGS, I would say, uh, on the yearly basis. A lot of stuff comes to Gamecom, but it's not really a bastion for major news. Um, and there's been a lot of news that came out today because you had the Nintendo Indie presentation and you had the Microsoft presentation and you had the Jeff Keighley presentation where Jeff Keighley did his Jeff Keighley things and, and presented stuff. So we have curated the only four stories that you really need to care about. Unless you have a particular interest in one of the other stories. But these are the biggest news coming from Gamescom. Uh, in our estimation, not on here, is the near hour-long presentation that Google Stadia did, where they literally just announced games that were coming to Google Stadia. I don't feel like you had to spend an hour to do that, Google and Phil Harrison. So we we go with the big one. And this is... This is very large news. Um, it's something that perhaps should not be surprising considering that the relationship that these two companies have had for many, many years, uh, dating back all the way to the PlayStation 2. Um, but still a monumental, uh, monumental thing. Sony has purchased Insomniac Studios, making them the 14th internal studio under the Sony Interactive Entertainment banner. They finally wifed them up. They did. They finally did it. The Sony finally realized that it's getting older and it's time to settle down. And you got this <laughs> hot, you know, young thing here and it's it's getting older also. And you already got this wonderful kid named Spider-Man and 
You got a couple of kids named Ratchet and Clank. Well, those, like, those kids have already gone to college. Like they're they're already yeah, out of the nest anyway. You know, so it, they finally decided to stop making this a common law marriage. Well, it's it's funny. So the the scuttlebutt to to borrow a term that Micah loves to use has always been. That Sony has probably has actually wanted to inquire Insomniac for quite some time, but it's Insomniac that has resisted um, the acquisition because they wanted to retain some level of independence. And I uh-huh. guess for whatever reason, probably because Spider-Man was such a phenomenal success, like probably the most successful game that Insomniac has ever created, I would say, mm-hmm. to this point, uh, it seemed like a good idea. So for those of you that are not familiar with Insomniac. Here's a here's a quick rundown on Insomniac's titles. So the Ratchet and Clank series is Insomniac. The Spire of the Dragon series uh, started under Insomniac. The Resistance fr- uh, series is Insomniac. Uh, they made a title called Edge of Nowhere, which I believe came out on oh it came out on the Oculus Rift. Uh, there's another game called Stormland that's coming out on the Rift. Uh, they released Song of the Deep a couple of years ago. On PS4, Windows, PC, and Xbox One, uh, a game that was landed with a huge dud thanks to EA called Fuse in 2013 on PS3 and Xbox 360. Uh, and also notably, Sunset Overdrive, uh, which was an Xbox One launch title, or it might, maybe not a launch title. I think it came out shortly after the console uh, release, but it was an Xbox One exclusive that later came to PC. That was an excellent game uh, by yeah. any estimation. Uh, but of course, Spider Man, the big one. Um, so, so far to date, uh, it has sold more than 13 million copies since it released in September of 2018, uh, which is a PS4 exclusive, of course. So uh, monumental, um, this just makes sense to me. Like, like, like Carrie, I think said it in the fan group that, uh, you know, they've been second, they've been Sony second party for ever, basically. Um, so just, it just makes sense. Um, yeah, this is this is good for everybody. Um, you know, let's hope that uh, I I can't wait for the next Spider-Man now. Um like I want to see what kind of I want to see what kind of uh uh care that that I mean given the uh, given the way Spider-Man was I I still play that game by the way. I still fire it up and cuz it's a really good story. Is it like still, re, is it like replayable like that? I thought you 100%ed it. I did, and I just play it again because I really like the story, and I I like the way it plays. Um, but you know, I'm I'm weird. Um, <laughs> I just really love that game. Um, so I can't wait for the second one. You know, uh, hopefully. Um, well, I I I know it'll be excellent, but this is this is good for everybody, man. I'm just curious to see what else new they'll come out with. I mean, it's when you have these studios like they they remind me a lot of Sucker Punch and Naughty Dog that they're great at making these new IPs that eventually get spun off into franchises. Um, yeah. I want to see what the next thing from that because of course I don't give a shit about Spider Man. Good right. as that game may be, it just it doesn't have any personal connection for me. Um, yeah. But I do love Ratchet and Clank, which I doubt they're going to really be revisiting that much. And actually, you know what? I played Spire the Dragon. For the first time, um, earlier this year, because I got I got the trilogy for free, so I, I just wanted to check it out because I never played it before. That game's really good. Hmm. That game that game still. I mean, it, it it feels a little antiquated. I know they gussied it up a little bit for the trilogy, but it's a solid gameplay game. 
Remind, I mean, I could obviously see where, like where the inspiration came from because it played it controlled similarly to like Ratchet and Clank did. Mm-hmm. Um, Ratchet and Clank's one of my favorite franchises, though. Ratchet and Clank is. Uh, I don't know if Ratchet and Clank gets the the run that it really deserves. I was always a Ratchet and Clank guy. I was never a Jack and Daxter guy. No, I was. I'm. I am with you in that. Uh, Ratchet and Clank had much better writing. Um, yeah. and much better gameplay just because of all the weapons. Like it was just all the weapons and how differently they acted and. And things of that nature. So, then one one of the guns you could shoot like chickens at people. <laughs> you could the, you could. There's the um. My favorite was always the uh, the the disco ball that would like st- like stun the enemies because they were dancing. Yeah, and and the um, yeah. and the Mister Zircons as well was always always my favorite as well. Yeah, Ratchet and Clank is um. Ratchet and Clank was didn't get the respect it deserved. I I, I thought. Um, also, get ready for more Ratchet and Clank movies now. Uh, <laughs> I thought the first one bombed. So yeah, it did. But they're gonna they're gonna make it work. You have to make it work. Very interesting. Uh, Nintendo had a Nindy presentation. Um, there's a lot of games coming to the Nintendo Switch in the independent scene. Um, we'll save what's not surprising. Um, cause I think a lot of people expected this to happen, uh, but we'll save the biggest news for last with this. So super hot and the hotline Miami collection, they're available today. Like you can go download those right now. Uh, risk of rain two, which is a roguelike third person shooter that gearbox, uh, that, that was kind of the star of the initial borderlands three presentation because they gearbox forced everyone to sit through a bunch of bullshit they didn't care about. Uh, but risk of rain two looked really cool. So that's, that's coming to switch later this summer. Uh, Torchlight 2 is coming in September. Uh, Blasphemous, which we've seen before. It's like a, like a side-scrolling action game uh, with you know very cool art and whatnot. That comes out in September. Trine 4 is coming to Switch. One Finger Death Punch 2 is coming to Switch. Um, Dungeon Defenders is coming to Switch. But the, the, the biggest news, arguably, uh, is Ori and the Blind Forest. Previously, uh, or well, not previously, I mean, yes, Xbox exclusives, but owned by Microsoft coming to the Nintendo Switch on September 27th. Yeah. Michael, what do you think about this? Um, I kind of want to play Hotline Miami. Everybody seems to love that game. Uh, I have no idea what it's about. It's very, it's a very difficult. So it's like, it's like a top down, uh, shooter. That's like super hard. Basically, oh, it's just it's like mass, massively oh, difficult. No. So. no, I'm way too old to play super hard <laughs> games. It's, it's it's one of those games where like if you get hit by one bullet, you'll die. Basically, essentially. Oh, never mind. <laughs> um, Blasphemous looks cool. Um, I'll wait like for a, I'll wait for reviews on that one. Huh? I'll wait for reviews on Blasphemous. I'm I'm gonna wait for reviews on most of these, quite frankly. But um, but uh, Ori and the Blind Forest intrigues me. I never picked that up for. Xbox. I mean, I've I've heard it's amazing. Obviously, yeah. it's going to take a little bit of a hit in visual fidelity because one because one of the things about the game is that it looks gorgeous as well. Um, yeah. I'm I'm interested about Risk of Rain because uh, the the trailer they showed during that Gearbox presentation a few months back looks interesting. I think it's I think it might be free to play. I could be wrong about that. Feel free to correct me um, if I am. But uh, that looks interesting, and maybe the Switch might be the platform. That I play that on. You know what's not on here? Um, Baldur's Gate. Is Baldur's Gate coming to Switch? Yeah, Baldur's mm-hmm. Gate 1 and 2. Um, you ever play those games? I've not. They. Uh, I was not into that style of game 
when they released on the PS2 way back like when. I want, I, I want to try it, but they're like 50 bucks or 50, something 50 like that. 50 each or 50 for both? 50 for both. Okay, 50 that's, for one and two. All right, that's a little bit more a little more reasonable. I mean, when, when I started getting into Bioware games, I didn't want to play that because I was afraid that it would feel like antiquated by comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but people speak really highly of them. Obviously, if that's the thing that that and KOTOR kind of launched Bioware to massive success. Yeah. Um, speaking of Bioware, apparently Cataclysm's good, but not great. In Anthem, uh, that sounds like Anthem. Yeah, good but not great. I haven't, I haven't checked it out at Me all neither. since they updated uh, it. So. <laughs> I bet Terrence is listening somewhere. Uh, I told you, niggas. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, say, say what you will about Anthem. I did get my sixty dollars worth out of that game. So if I, if, if I never play another minute of it, it's not the end of the world. Like I, I don't, like I don't feel cheated. I finished the campaign. I'm fine. Yeah. It's gonna be tough to get people back for that. Yeah, but we have uh, <laughs> we have deviated from like I said the Ori thing. I, I I think that's just the first domino, honestly. Between that and Cuphead, like that's just a, that's a harbinger of things to come. Any any but, any Xbox game that can run on the Switch, I think you're gonna see on the Switch pretty much from now on. But isn't isn't I mean isn't this like part of that? Um, like, was, weren't uh, Microsoft and Nintendo kind of getting buddy buddy for a minute? Isn't I mean, they still they like still are. Of it? Yeah, they yeah. still are. Um, that's what I'm saying, though. I, th- I think that any Xbox One title that is capable of being ported to Switch at this point is mm. is going to be ported. Like, I don't think you're going to see like Gears Five or or the next Forza game on Switch, but I think that indie st- like Xbox indie stuff and ID and Xbox games that can run on a Switch without taking a huge hit, sure, mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. And honestly, that's how you kind of want to play some of these games, man. You kind of want to play some of these games on the go. And that, and I think that's what they're hoping as well. It's it's funny because like we rag on Microsoft for like opening up their their platform across a wide area of areas that you know, you might say, oh, I don't, you know, I'm never. Why would I ever want to own an Xbox? But I was never going to get Ori in the Blind Forest. I might now get Ori in the Blind Forest because it's on a console that I now own. And yeah. I, I think that, that this might be – I'm not ready to pass full judgment yet on their on their strategy, but this might be smarter than we thought um, if they are able to get more money coming in from software-wise that might make up for the hardware not reaching out as much. Yeah. Because the fact of the matter is, like the pro- the problem is that their exclusive catalog is not enticing enough to buy an Xbox for in most cases. But I'll certainly yeah. play the games if it's available to me. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I know I'm gonna get shit for this, but um, the Xbox doesn't. I don't mind playing indie games. Like as much as we joke about, you know, fucking Micah hates indie games. I don't hate indie games. I, I it's just that most of the indie games I own are on the Switch. Because they feel the switch feels like the place to play those games. Isn't it weird how that's like? There's no logical reason that that should be right. The case. There's there's absolutely no logical reason to do it, but it just feels right to play Dead Cells on the Switch and not sitting on my couch w- uh, watching a, a a big ass TV. Like Dead Cells, by its very nature of being, you know, pick up and play is 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 made for portability so i i 
the switch seems like the switch is my indie machine and it's, it, it just feels like that's the one it should be on. I still have uh, not bought bloodstained because I don't want to buy it on the PS4. Like I, like right, I want, I want the right. switch version to get fixed and I'll, yeah. and I'll play that. Yeah. Like it just feels weird playing a Castlevania symphony of the night type game in, in on a, on a couch. I just, I don't, I don't know, man. So, um, PUBG, uh, which no one really talks about anymore, as Michael was alluding to earlier when I linked yeah. the wrong story in the Call of Duty article. Um, it's getting cross-platform play on consoles coming soon. So that just means Xbox One and PS4 players can play each other. Uh, no word on PC. Um, it's also unclear if, if players on the platforms can create squads with one another or if it's going to just be limited to play, being able to play against one another. Um, so yeah, so PUBG, if, if anyone out there is still playing PUBG and I'm sure a couple million people still are, you can now play across console. Um, quick question. Cause I don't care about PUBG, mm-hmm. but you saying cross play reminded me that destiny mm-hmm. is going to have cross save. You know what? Save your death. I, I didn't put it in the docket after we get through the gamescom news, which is only one story left. Uh, we will talk about Destiny because I should have put it on the docket. Luke Smith put out a manifesto, essentially, over the past <laughs> several days. And we should talk about some of the stuff uh, in there okay. because because it's a lot of huge updates coming to Destiny. Um, the last Gamescom news yeah. was a series of, of gameplay videos uh, from easily our most anticipated game of the fall, Death Stranding. <laughs> I so want this game to just be mediocre. So here, here are some, uh, here are some things that are in the new Death Stranding. Uh, you have to uh, evacuate your bladder occasionally, uh, and it, it it is it is one. It's a mechanic, right? It is. It's a me- it's a mechanic in the game. I don't know if you watched the video, but Norman Reedus was sitting there. And then he stood up, and you go to a menu. You have to go to a menu. Well, in, in fairness, it's like a pee. pop-up. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, you hold L2 and then go to piss, essentially. No, nah, <laughs> no, nah, nah. It shouldn't be there in the first place. Look, this game is not the first game to introduce uh, bathroom play or, you know, water sports, if you will. But this is, no, we don't, nobody needs to pee in a game. Nobody <laughs> needs to pee. But Micah, it, you, when you do it, it grows a mushroom. Apparently. Because, you know, your urine is infused with nutrients that you can see, that you can grow flora upon <laughs> peeing. Joe, you know, first, first of all, when the first time I see a video of, uh, uh, somebody using Norman Reedus to pee on an enemy, I'm going to lose it. Because <laughs> you know it's coming. Oh, my God. Appar- apparently, uh, Neo Kojima confirmed, you will not see uh, Norman Reedus' penis uh, in the game. Oh, so, thank you. So shame, shame for that. Um, there's also invisible breastfeeding. So so there's a, there's a new character that was introduced called Mama, who's being played by uh, Margaret Qualey. Uh, of the leftovers. Um, and she's the mother to a baby from the other side. And it's like a ghost baby. And in, in the, in the gameplay thing, they showed that she's breastfeeding the ghost baby through a shirt. 
And then she kind of like throws the ghost baby away. Yo, like, shut up, yo. <laughs> like, like, this is the most pretentious shit. What does it mean? What does it mean? Like, nah, yo. Nah, no. Nah, this is dumb. This is dumb. This is stupid. This is why you shouldn't do drugs. <laughs> and finally, uh, there's a major cameo coming to <laughs> coming to Death Stranding <laughs> in the form of none other than our favorite and Hideo Kojima's BFF forever. Uh, one Joff Keeley is apparently a quest giver in the game. <laughs> Though they didn't yeah. use his voice. Like, they have his likeness in the game, but they decided to, I guess, hire a voice actor to play this character. It's not his voice? No, that was not Jeff Keeley's voice in the trailer. Like, maybe he's in the final game, but whoever they had voice in the, as the VO in that trailer uh, was not Jeff Keeley. I gotta, I gotta check that out, because, uh, I mean, like, I'm not... Okay, I, I don't I don't know where to, to begin with this. I'm not mad at Jeff Keighley, right? Like, if you've been, like, filleting a dude for 20 years, the very least he can do <laughs> is, put you, in the is game. put you in a game. This does kind of destroy Jeff Keighley's objectivity when talking about Thank Death you. Stranding, doesn't it? Thank you! Like, you like Jeff Keighley... Jeff, talk about this. Like, Jeff Keighley is a journalist. Game. You can't have this game at the Game Awards? You can't like nah yo nah yo nah. I mean you nah. can, but every every time he's gonna talk about it, he has to be like, and as a disclaimer, just so you know, I'm in the game. Nah yo, I'm in the game. Nah. So yeah, I, to to me, this kind of ruins a little bit of objectivity, right? Like that, that like, you would that you would have in the game. <laughs> like because I because I like Jeff Keeley. He seems like a nice guy, right? Um, when he's feeling like Randy. And he'll, he'll, you know, he, he does a good job of, of trying to pull answers out of people. Oh, he, no, he's, he's, he's a fantastic interviewer and he's a fantastic journalist. Like Jeff Keighley will get the scoops and he's got a lot of contacts in the industry. I'm not disputing that, but yeah, you're right. It is, it is weird that he's going to be in Hideo Kojima's game that he's been hyping like crazy (laughs) for the last three years. Like I just can't. I, I can't. You know, I can't. I'm with I, you. I mean, I, I'm with you. I do not. Like I, I really don't care about this game. Like there, there's yeah. a there, there's a question in the post office that Leonardo asked, and he's an asshole for asking it. But the <laughs> the answer may surprise you. Because I'm just yeah. We'll 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 save it. We'll save it. So those those are the major stories from Gamescom. Micah, did you see anything else that you were like, whoa, crazy? Not really. Um, there was Monster Hunter stuff. I've, I've fallen off of Monster Hunter, but, you know, if you like Monster Hunter, like, have at it. Like, they got a whole new continent for you. Um, nothing else, really, that I that I saw. Um, so, yeah, just peeing everybody. <laughs> like, they, like the, the audience applauded. Of course they, of course they, of course they did, Micah. Applauded. Of course they did. They applauded when he started peeing. Hideo Kojima could pee in their mouths and they were like, this is fantastic. I love it. (laughs) Because essentially that's what he's doing. He's, he's, He's taking the piss on all of you. Yo, I urge you people to watch that video. Even, even Hideo Kojima's translator is looking at him like, uh, so, um, 
yeah, the 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 woman is not there. She's 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 breastfeeding the baby and in that scene, but you don't see the baby because the baby's on the other world in the other world, but she has a link to the baby so she can breastfeed the baby while Norman Reedus has to pee on the baby and then shakes the baby. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, like even the even the translator is like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Like he's he's looking at him like, is my Japanese slow? Are you sure you want to say this? On the and pl- I'm Japanese. Like, all right, yo. On the pl- <laughs> on the plus side, if you do ever, if there is a possibility in Death Stranding that you get stung by a jellyfish, there is a mechanic in the game that you can heal yourself <laughs> without. Uh... Here's what I want to know: like, well, like when you like does 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 urine just accumulate in your bladder gradually, or does it only happen when you like drink or eat something? Like, like what's 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 the deal with with the with the urine? Like, like on the one hand, like remember he took realism. Remember when Hideo Kojima realism was having a, a hanging grip meter so that you couldn't just hang off the side infinitely, yes. right? Like you had to get up. And, and, all right, I, I can I can deal with that, right? Because in a stealth game, you can't just cheat and just hang over on the side. It's realistic, right? Remember in a Metal Gear where you could break bones and you had to, you know, make a splint and yes. patch yourself. I up remember and, how massively annoying that was right. uh, after well, you well, did it for, you know, ten hours. Right, but at least it had a place within that world like i could i could buy it i could buy it right i could buy it you don't have to pee guys <laughs> you don't you you shouldn't have to pee in games you really shouldn't except for the sims except yeah except for the sims and even then like just make them piss on themselves do what i did <laughs> make somebody make some make a sim of a person you don't like and just put them in a one by one by one wall and just let them stand there and wait till they piss themselves and starve to death. Yeah, we've talked about that on the show before, too. Mike is a psychopath, yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> so before we move on to the the post office, um, yeah, we need to talk about this uh, this Luke Smith three-part uh, state of destiny. Where he, Here's what we've thought about stuff before. Here's what we think about going forward. Here's here's how we design encounters. Here's how we design AI. Here's what's worked. Here, like he he broke it down, man. And like Sh- like Shadow Keep is coming soon. They've been putting out some breadcrumbs. Uh, they just detailed Armor 2.0, which looks really interesting. By the way, did you watch that Vidoc on Armor 2.0? I haven't seen it yet. So I'm kind of I don't I don't know if I want to be. I part of me wants to be silent. You know, radio silence with Destiny stuff until until it's much closer to October. So we'll hear. I'll I'll give you the the primer on that real quick because Luke Smith doesn't really talk about that because that that Vidoc happened. Um, mm-hmm. it's not like there's you you got to make like decisions on stuff. So like mm-hmm. the way it's gonna work is like every piece of armor you get right will have like a level and an element associated with it. And first of all, if you want more energy, like if you want better perks, you have to masterwork, like you have to level up the armor. Like masterworking armor will actually have a legitimate purpose in the game now because basically you have like 10 energy spots. If it's fully masterwork, you get one energy spot for each like level that the armor is essentially. And mm-hmm. mods will cost a certain amount of energy based on how good or how impactful the mod is. So like while they're not consumable and you can slot 
you know, mods in any, in whatever, how, however many armors you want to, if you want like enhanced hand cannon loader, that costs like five energy. So that's going to take up half of your available mod slots, essentially, hmm. that you have for the, the weapon. So, so they're going to make you make choices. Um, certain mods are also linked to certain element types. So like if you want a certain mod that's linked to solar, you have to get a piece of armor that drops with solar, uh, you know, Affi- you know, affinity on it essentially, and they'll mm-hmm. they'll be non-element specific mods as well, but they won't be. Some of them might not be as good, for example, as the really good stuff. Essentially, it looks interesting, and it looks like it like make ha- like I was worried, like I was happy, but I was also worried that like getting to socket whatever mod on whatever piece of armor you want might get a little op and not fun after a while. This actually mm-hmm. makes you make choices. Plus, they're also keeping the style of mods to the armor type like piece types like they do now. So like loader mods will be only on arms and like targeting Mm. mods will only be on helmets and like, you know, like knockback mods will only be on chest pieces and so on and so forth. Oh, okay. All right. So So it sounds like, it sounds like basically you can, they're doing a better job of you customizing your guardian to tweak whatever gameplay style you have at the time and then it gives you reasons to have multiple sets of armor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've always had reasons to have multiple sets of armor, but um it feels like they're doing a little more tweaking and 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 you know, min-maxing, which mm-hmm. I mean, anybody that plays it this type of game, uh you know, you love min-maxing. Yeah. So um cool. so apparently it seems like that they are further removing um Eververse stuff from gameplay and just kind of making it purchasable, but it's, it's, they're not doing loot boxes though. Like you can just buy the shit that you want essentially. And apparently, so like, let's say you acquire two pieces of armor or two pieces of armor in the set for like a specific set of Eververse armor. It'll reduce the cost of the set then so that you can complete it at a cheaper price instead of trying to have to grind out shit, for example. So like, that's, that's one thing they're doing. Um, what else we have? Uh, like I said, improving customization. We talked about the armor stuff. That just looks interesting. Um, they are making power matter more. So, like, the power cap is going to 900, right? Mm-hmm. And then they will – once you get to 900, then you'll start getting prime engrams. You won't get, start, you won't get prime engrams again until – you get to to level to power level nine hundred, and then you can keep going up, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think once you, they're kind of doing it like Destiny One started at in some ways, or or, or like it was through um through uh, Taken King, where basically you get once you hit like the I think like nine fifty is like the soft cap, and then after you get there. The only way that you can increase your power past 950 is to do pinnacle activities like the hmm. raid and and like other like high end contents so that that way if you see someone rolling at like a 960 like you know they're a fucking serious player. Yeah. Also 750 is the new baseline so when when the new expansion comes out every piece of gear you own will get raised to 750 whether it's in your vault or on your person or whatever like everything's just getting Jacked up to 750. Okay. Which is nice. Um, Crucible, 
there's a lot of stuff. So, so the other thing too that they're doing is they're trying to fix supers. They're making supers not as overpowered and crucible. Like you will now be able to fucking kill people with roaming supers. Like you can make a play on someone. Like right now, like if you headshot a roaming super, it, it's it, they barely feel it. Essentially, yeah. like if you team shot somebody, maybe you can take them down before yeah. they get to you. Um, but now, like you'll be able to kill. Like they're they're lowering the armor. They're also there. There's a major problem right now in the gameplay with buffs, like party buffs stacking on top of one another, where you mm-hmm. can just keep stacking different buffs, and like people are like one phasing raid bosses essentially um, <laughs> with with certain loadouts, and and it's also becoming that like. If you don't have a well of radiance warlock or two on your team, then you're then you're not doing it right. Like you're not even <laughs> playing correctly. So individual weapon buffs can stack, but like part like fire team buffs, like well of radiance and things like that, apparently only the strongest buff can ever be applied at a time, and only the strongest debuff will ever be applied at a time to an enemy. Oh, that's more than fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's more than fair because you don't want to you don't want to break the game, right? Because mm. then it just feels like work and you're not having fun and there's no sense of accomplishment. So, have there been I've been out of the Destiny loop. Have mm. there been people complaining about that because you know as soon as you as soon as you uh make it so that you can't annihilate a boss with uh Well, I I, I think people have been complaining that you can. Like like it's not like Really? Well, it, this... it, it, it's more it's more because it's less to do with skill and more to do with composition. Like it's not, it's not as fun. Like when there's just a right answer to this is, this is the fire team you should be running with in the raid to be able to one phase the boss. I know that, but I also know that people tend to uh, tend to complain when they find an exploit and then uh, use that exploit to try and get as much, you know, loot as they can and then they like, and then they're mad when they patch it. Like, oh, it's not our fault. Well, you know, but but this community is a little different, I guess. Uh, mm. They're not. Um, they they welcome a challenge. They they to- they do it, and they're also like the problem with with the way things are right now is that once like if if, if you have a regular raid team, right, and you guys run the raid all the time, if you've gotten all if you've gotten the full set of raid armor, if you've gotten like the raid, you know, all the raid weapons, and you've gotten all the shit that you can get from the raid. What's the point of doing the raid? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it like it's just an exercise in just doing shit just to do it, just to get the stuff and then you don't care anymore. Yeah. The problem is that there and, and the other thing that they said they're curbing right now Luke Smith's like, "Hey, there's too many ways to get to get powerful gear in the game." And they're trying to curate that. Like he talked about like, "Hey, Gambit's cool." And Gambit Prime is cool, and we need to figure out which one works best because we're probably only going to run with one of those things going forward at this mm-hmm. point because um, we're, we're fracturing, you know, the Gambit community too much. He's, you know, at, having Escalation Protocol and Blindwell and Menagerie is probably too much. So, so like, he's talking about they're, they're looking to maybe prune some activities from the mm-hmm. game and kind of kind of focus people um, into the other activities they have. And they'll still come with stuff, but one of the things that he's been talking about is that he's like, look, Destiny can't grow infinitely. Like, like you can't just grow it forever and just keep adding stuff. Like, you have to, you have to make decisions and pull back and, and do other stuff like that. Um, the other thing 
they're doing they're changing a lot with PvP because because Crucible is it, it's been a, it's been better, but it's still in a weird place right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's a couple things they're changing: quick play and competitive. They're getting rid of those playlists. So if you want quick play, that's going to be called Classic Mix, which is going to be a connection based playlist that'll have control clash and supremacy. Okay. So comp is being replaced by three V three survival, which now gets you glory. No countdown. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, And also no fours either, which is, is also smart because I hated like going into comp with a team of four. And then if you want to go run strikes after, well then someone's got to fucking leave because strikes are three players. So three V three survival. There's also thank the Lord. A survival solo queue for comp as well. That's exclusively for solo players. Oh, wow. Thank you. Um, I, I hate playing comp with, unless I have a fire team because when you run up against a squad, you usually get your teeth kicked in. So yeah. now there's a solo queue only playlist. That is fantastic. Um, 6v6 control is going to be its own playlist, apparently. So they'll, ha- they'll have a control-specific playlist, and they say that that's probably the best mode to go with. When you're introducing yeah. new people to Destiny, yeah, um, they're going to have a six v six rotating uh, playlist and a four v four rotating playlist. Um, so like they'll have like six v six clash one week, six v six may or you know uh, twelve player mayhem one week, or, or six player mayhem, um, you know four player lockdown. Like they'll rotate modes in that playlist as well. And then they said they're working on three v three elimination, aka. Trials of Osiris, uh, that'll mm. probably come in through Crucible Labs. And I have a feeling if that goes really well, you might see the return of Trials, which they said that Trials of the Nine is on indefinite hiatus. Um, and they're also trying to look at a skill-based matchmaking system for quick play because one of the big complaints on PC is that every match is either you're stomping a team or it's a sweat fest because they're because you're just getting matched up with people that are at your skill level and yeah. quick, and quick play should not be that way. Yeah. So, a lot of changes for comp. Um it's going to be pretty it, it seems like they're they're really taking a hard look and now they have the freedom to really do what the fuck they want. Yeah, so, I was about to say, how much of this do you attribute to them being independent now? I think a fair amount of it. I, I think the fact that they're independent helps them focus on, instead of new stuff all the time, they're fo- they, they can also focus on other stuff in the game that needs fixed that they might not have been able to pay as much attention to before because they yeah. were always work- working on getting the next expansion out. And they did say also that the like the annual pass model, while it's been pretty good for them, it's not sustainable because – it's just too taxing on the development team, essentially. Yeah. So they said they're they don't know how they're going to do annual like the continuing content for this next year, but it's not going to be the annual pass uh, format. They've said so. Okay. And yeah, like you said, starting uh, I think in two days, uh, cross save goes live, so you can take your guardian to any platform. Yeah, I was about to say. So I don't need Shadowkeep to play uh, or to use cross save. I just no. need to. I, but I need to like, how does that work if you already have two different accounts? So basically you are going to have to pick one Which of your account accounts you to be your main account. 
and no, then easy right and then, and then the other account while you like you'll still be able to access your xbox account on the xbox if you want to but like i said once once you link you know your account to your like once you designate your playstation account as like your main account then mm-hmm. that'll be primarily what you log in on um on on all platforms which for you is uh, fucking great yeah because i uh i foolishly bought destiny on both platforms um thinking that terrence would uh renege on his uh non uh activision ways and he did not not Um, only that but he ends up playing more on ps4 anyway nowadays yeah and yeah and he plays on ps4 anyway so um but it'll be nice to uh have the option Mm -hmm. so Um, but yeah, so lots of Destiny stuff. Well, again, we could comp- we could cover the Luke Smith stuff way more comprehensively. We're not going to. Um, you can go back and check the manifesto again. It's like three big long articles. It's like a total of six thousand words between all of them. So if you really want to know, uh, it is there. So we move on to the Dense Pixels Post Office. Uh, of course, if you are a member of our fan group, densepixels.com/fans, we occasionally solicit you guys for questions that we answer on the show. Uh, Micah, I've been talking way too much. I'm going to pass the baton to you, sir. Um, Anthony says, what are your thoughts on standard deluxe, super deluxe style pre-orders? Do you think they are ever worth it? If so, what makes it worth it to you? Costumes, weapons, skins, etc. Um, while I personally don't have a problem with, um, you know, multiple, multiple skews for, uh, for, uh, a product, um, I can see how they piss people off and I can see how people get confused, especially what Ubisoft is notorious for this. Every big game that they come out has no less than six versions of said game and no one knows what they come with, right? Because what's the difference between deluxe and gold or what's the difference between gold and ultimate? Or, you know, it's, there's no, there's not necessarily a a, a tier. So then their solution is to come up with a a graph, a chart that, but nobody wants to do all that, right? Like most people just want to pick a game. Um, and, and, you know, from my experience in the retail side, I get quite frankly, I get tired of, of, of trying to explain what the different versions of each game are. Well, uh, so I, here's the other thing too. So I've I've really been thinking about this lately, and I've been thinking about it because Borderlands Three is coming out in less than a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to certainly buy Borderlands Three when it comes out. I don't know if I'm getting Borderlands Three for free or not. Um, that, that's also what I'm waiting for to figure out if that's happening <laughs> or not. Um, but there are three different editions of Borderlands. Three, not even counting the $250 collector's edition that you can't even pre-order anymore that comes with a bunch of collectibles. But there's three different versions of Borderlands 3. And the difference is, so the $80 deluxe version comes with uh, basically three cosmetic packs, a few extra weapons, and an XP and loot drop boost mod, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then the $100 super deluxe edition also comes with the season pass, which is going to be four campaign DLC packs. Uh, of varying degrees of quality, as we've seen from previous Borderlands games, and yeah. the Butt Stallion, uh, you know, weapon grenade mod skin trifecta, essentially. And yeah. 
I often buy these like deluxe editions and super deluxe editions because it's only $20 more. It's only $40 more. But once you get a couple hours into a game, especially a game like Borderlands 3 where you are going to have loot raining on you all the time, you're not going to care about any of this stuff. Yeah, that that uh that XP booster and the the, the they're going to be they're going to be useless at level 10. The, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna need them anymore. Right. The we, uh, the weapons pack, like if they give you those guns from the onset and they're like level three guns, you're gonna use them for exactly like twenty minutes before right. you get something <laughs> that's more powerful and better. Because Borderlands is not a game. It's not like Destiny where you can take a low level gun and and infuse it and upgrade it to being a higher level gun. No, you just got to get another gun that's more powerful. Right. Um, the skins pack, great, but. Again, you're gonna get you're gonna get cosmetics in that game a lot, and like mm-hmm. the neon pack looks really cool, but you're gonna put it on for two seconds. You're gonna be like, "This is alright," and then the next skin you're gonna be like, "Ooh, what's this?" And then the next time you get skin, you're like, "Ooh, what's this?" You're gonna try it, and that's what you're gonna roll with. Like, I doubt that you're gonna go back to any of those skins long term. The season pass, sure, like like there's, but I can always buy that separately. Like, I don't have to buy that with the super deluxe edition. Right. That's what I, that's usually what drives me is if the season pass is, and season passes, if they're bundled in like, um, in like ultimate editions or whatever, it's usually maybe a $5 at most discount. Um, I mean, that's enough for me, but most of the time, if I, if I know that I'm going to buy a season pass for, for a game, I'll get the super, if it comes in the, you know, Uber edition, I'll get that just because I know I'll have the money right, I you know, right now, mm-hmm. whereas I might not have the money if I decide to get it later. Um, skins, skins don't really do it for me. It, it's, it's more content. More content is what does it for me. Yeah. And, and we don't, and to be fair, like they, they haven't even posted the separate price for the season pass yet. We don't even know how much it's going to be. Um, right. It's probably going to be 30 bucks if I had to guess, if it's going to be in line with the other Borderlands games. So then is it worth me paying $10 for all these skins and, and weapons that I'm probably going to use one time and never care again? Probably not. Like, if you really if you really drill it down, probably not. So I've, um, I've, I've really soured on these deluxe editions here lately. Yeah, they don't really come with any – they don't really come with anything. And, and – um, and even still, like I'm out of that collector phase, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm not going to pay uh, 200 bucks for, you know, a, a, a statue anymore. Yeah. Like, um, I, like even me, like, I mean, I turn around and I have all this like destiny toys, you know, behind or like destiny collectibles up here and, you know, all sorts of different pop figures from various franchises behind me. And I, I have too much stuff. Like I don't need all this shit. Yeah. Uh, so. It's, it it's, it's a little too much. Uh, Eric asks if um, Death Stranding will be co-genius or a hodgepodge of weird concepts, cameos, and Jeff Keighley saliva. It's that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris says, do you feel the season uh, model for video games benefits fighting games more so than any other game genre? Um, yes, but what is – well, I guess I would, the I would, buy now – I would disagree. I, I guess the buy now pay later nature of it, but there, there, there really is no incentive to do it 
if it comes out, it comes out, right? Like there is no, there isn't necessarily, uh, it's, it's, it's there for convenience. Well, is he, is he talking about season passes or is he talking about like live service seasons? I think he's talking oh, about the he's latter. Talking about in this live case. service seasons, yeah. yeah. Like this is the next season of Fighters that comes out with new, new uh, games and stuff like that. You don't think that works for fighting games? I don't think it. I don't think it benefits fighting games more so than other genres. Like, like I think you're seeing the most benefit in free to play online games like Apex Legends, like Fortnite, game games that because because the seasonal model for those games give you a reason to come back. They give you a reason mm-hmm. to spend more money. And and in fighting games they do as well because of like you said character packs and stuff like that. But I don't I don't feel like fighting games. And again, this is I'm a little ignorant to this because I only play Street Fighter and even then not so much anymore. Like, mm-hmm. is there like a lot of events happening in fighting games to really bring the community back in in these concentrated pockets? Um, the, the thing with the fighting game season model is that, you know, hardcores are going to play the game no matter what. Uh, the thing that brings casuals in is characters. Mm -hmm. If, if you need, like I, as much as I love fighting games and I love watching them and I, you know, I'm, I'm a casual, Uh, I'm a hardcore casual. And, and the thing that like, I love Tekken, it's probably the best overall fighting game that came out in this generation of fighting games. Um, but I haven't played it in a while. You know when I'll play it again? When Leroy Smith is out. But again, and, like, uh, but like, what if they did like, you know, the, the, so the, turn, the tournament do... of heroes that you could earn, you know, you, you go in, you play Tekken online and you earn points. And if you earn points, you'll unlock these costumes for characters. Like, would that bring you back? Um... Or so, or Maybe. something like it, like like it doesn't have to be that exact thing. But if basically so, if they if they release new content that you don't necessarily have to pay for in the game, and you can earn it through playing the game, and it's like cosmetic stuff, like you know different costumes or things of that nature. Like, would that does that give you reason to go back? Because for me, like if I'm if I'm like 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 let's take Dauntless for example. Haven't really played Dauntless for the last six weeks or so. Kind of fell off. But if Dauntless, like, tomorrow was like, hey, there's this new season starting. Look at this cool loot that you can get. We're adding this new game mode in, trying this thing out. And it and it looked cool. I'd be booting up Dauntless again. You know what I mean? So uh, generally with fighting game seasons, the, the things that change are mechanics, right? They update your mechanics. The only fighting game that I can think of off the top of my head that does what you are talking about is Mortal Kombat. Uh, every once in a while, Mortal Kombat will have a tournament where where you can enter the tournament uh, in order to win different skins that you can't get anywhere else. Um, and they're not even really skins. They're just palette swaps of one of the six skins that you get. Uh, but they're exclusive colors. That, I think, is what you're talking about. Um that doesn't necessarily bring me back, not with fighting games. The thing that brings me back is the prospect of playing a new character. Um, and in that sense, the season, the season model, I mean, it doesn't like it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't do anything. It's just DLC at this Mm -hmm. point. It's just continued, you know, continued support. Now I, you know, the continued support is great, but like I've kind of fallen off a of street fighter and there's no way I'm getting 
E Honda and Lucia and Poison. Like I'm just, I'm just done. But you know, I, I, Nightwolf came out the other day, mm. and I fired up Nightwolf. I fired up Mortal Kombat because I wanted to play Night Nightwolf, and I'm like, wow, I really do like this game, and this character is pretty cool. Um, so I was playing that for a little bit, and I'll play. I'll get back into Tekken when uh, um when Zafina, um, not Zafina, fuck Zafina, um when Leroy comes out. So I I see what you're saying, but I see what you're saying, Chris, but it doesn't necessarily the season model doesn't really do anything because there are no, there are no special events with fighting games. This is just, Hey, we got a character pack coming out and they call it a season. You know what I mean? Mm. With tweaks and stuff like that. So I don't know. Uh, Leonardo said, Brad, if you had, (laughs) if you had to play either death stranding or Jedi, Brad, uh, Brad, if you had to play on uh, Death Stranding or Jedi Fallen Order, which one are you playing? So look, I feel I feel like my my comments on Jedi Fallen Order have been severely misconstrued and and <laughs> taken completely out of context. I'm basing my thoughts on the fact that Fallen Order is going to suck based <laughs> on history, and the history is that. of all Star Wars games have sucked. Like, like you could go through history and name like two good Star Wars games. You have Knights of the Old Republic and you have the PS2 Star Wars Battlefront (laughs) 2. And everything else has been bad. And look, you, you, you people out there, they're like, what? But Force Unleashed was awesome. It search your search your feelings. You know it to be true that that game was a steaming pile of crap, and so was the sequel. The sequel was much worse. Yeah, but but the first one wasn't good either. And if, and unless you're lying to yourself, you know I'm right. So look, if I see a game trailer that basically looks like a new update to Force Unleashed, I'm gonna assume that that game sucks. But I acknowledge that it could be good for a Star Wars game. <laughs> but they also have kept a lot of stuff out of the public eye. Uh, again, we talked in the show. Apparently, Jedi Fallen Order is basically a Metroid game with a Star Wars overlay. Like, you can revisit planets that have areas that you can't access until you gain new abilities. And then you can go access those areas and, and, and whatnot. That seems cool. If that pulls off the way it does, um, it points counting against it. Uh, I will tell you that I'm sick and tired of any fucking star Wars property that exists within the Skywalker fucking era at this point. (laughs) I don't need that. Um, and the fact that again, it looks like force unleashed recycled, but if you have to make me choose between the two, Based on what I've seen so far, well, I mean, Star Wars at least will be a run-of-the-mill third-person hack-and-slash-action-adventure game, whereas Death Stranding is not. It's just your run-of-the-mill third-person action urination baby carrying put a generator on your back and climb ladders and game. Look, if, if if, if, if Death Stranding was not in 4K 
you would think that it was just Metal Gear Solid Four. That's what the game looks like, <laughs> as far as as far as the graphical fidelity. Or, or you know, I'm being unfair. Metal Gear Solid Five. It, it that, that's what it looks like in terms of the graphical fidelity. It does not look like a modern game. The animations don't look well, it's, modern. It's not a modern game. It's been like ten years in the making or some dumb. Whatever. Shit. But 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 between the two, from what I know right now, uh, it would probably be Jedi Fallen Order. But the actual answer is neither. Uh, I will be playing probably Need for Speed Heat when that comes out because they're 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 sucking me in, Micah. That trailer looked dope. There's no loot boxes ever. They said mm. no loot boxes ever, never ever. I wanna, I, I wanna, I wanna get excited, man. I wanna get excited. I'm all and in. I'm all in. They got, they, they got, they got the Miami theme going. I love the Miami theme. It's like playing Miami Vice, but with fucking racers and cops, and the cops are corrupt, and they're fucking stealing your car and stealing your monies, and they're gonna be right. Ra- it's cops and racers. I can't wait. I, I, I wanna get excited. I'm all for in. It. I, I'm I all wanna in. get excited for it. That's all I'll say. Um, all, all, I, all I needed to hear was no loot boxes. That's all I needed to hear. I need to see it to believe it. I need to see it. <laughs> I need to see it to believe it. Um, I'm just going to do all of these. We got time, right? Uh, I mean, we answered some of them already. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you, you don't have to do the ones that we've already spoken to. Correct. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, Anthony says, uh, Netflix presents stand-up comedy simulator. Why or why not? The, the, so I can So I can live my... Uh, pipe dream of of being a stand up comedian. The writing in that game would never be up to snuff. Like like you'd be tired of that game in like two days because the writing would suck. It would. There's no way they could have enough jokes in that game to to warrant like playing through it for more than like two hours. Well, see, I was going a different way. I was going the way of. Um, you know, like Guitar Hero and shit. Like you get a plastic microphone and you just stand up there and you with a with a brick wall in the background and you start telling jokes. I mean, look if that if, that, if they had the AI to be able to re- to react and respond to that, that would be pretty cool. But there's no way you could do that. It would it would be like a Telltale game essentially. Like like you'd have to like pick one of four options and you'd have to like string a decent routine together essentially. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh-huh. how that would work. So. Jacob says, you know, we all scoffed at the PS Classic when it came out, uh, but it turns out the thing is the best emulator machine. And in Sony tradition, it is hackable as fuck. I mean, that all the all those shits are Android-based, so yeah, they're going to be super hackable. So. Uh, Andy says, who do you want to win King of the Ring and who do you think will win King of the Ring? Um, mm. Either Elias or um, uh, Cedric Alexander. I want to win, but... Uh, and it, well, it all depends on whether or not they do the "I'm a king now" gimmick. Like, I don't want, uh, it, it, it I don't depends, want anybody. It depends on who wins. It depends on who wins. Whether that will be the thing. Like, uh, like, like, like if Sam, like if Sami Zayn were to win, like you know he'd be fucking rocking that crown and scepter every time he came yeah. out every week. Um, it, uh, the, the, the person that will win, mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre. You think so? Yes. I, it's I, his time. I I agree with you. Um. Only because the KOTR shirts are way too obvious to actually have that happen. Right. I think he'll get a deep run. Kevin Owens will. Um, yeah. I think Samoa Joe would be the best person. That like that's who I'd probably want to see win. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that. I, I they, they've. 
they spend too much time like building him up, but not actually giving him that last little push to make him like a main eventer. And I think it yeah. is his time to be playing around in the main event scene. Yeah. So, um, Trey said, "Is Sunset Overdrive the greatest game no one has ever played?" Yes. Um, he also has uh, a Death Stranding question. So does uh, Michael. And um, uh, no, we are not hyped for it. Um, but it, I, I do appreciate the fact that you called it a urination simulator. And um, Trey says, if you jiggle the handle in Death Stranding more than twice, is it considered masturbation? God, I hope so. Because <laughs> I want that game to get uh, an AO rating and people never buy it. Look, you get, you get, you get three shakes for free and then everything else is you're just playing yourself. So. <laughs> Johnny says thoughts on NST going two hours um, live each week. Terrified. Uh, I, I'm very sad for the death of NXT. I, I'm not going to go that far, but and, and he and I were talking about this um, in private message. One of the things that makes NXT special is because they only get a, an hour of TV. It's not even live TV because they only get an hour of TV every week. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't show the same rest. Like you don't see – typically you don't see Adam Cole for two – NXTs in a row like you still see mm-hmm. one week and then next week he won't be there maybe in two weeks and the week after that he'll be there so when you're building a feud with two NXT or, or you know between NXT stars every interaction that they have with each other is impactful and when you're running live TV every single week and you need to roll Adam Cole and Undisputed Era out there every single week to make sure that people tune in it waters down the importance of those interactions um, as you go. And so that's, that's what they're going to lose. And plus there's going to be a lot of talent that gets overexposed. Um, Cause again, you're going to see them too much. Like, like one of the reasons that like, I don't dislike Roman Reigns. I don't like seeing him twice a week, every week. Like yeah. it's okay. It's okay to hold him back. Like, like I, I thought I was delighted when they didn't have him on SummerSlam at all. Cause he didn't need to be there. There was no real reason for him to be on SummerSlam. And then what happens? He has a match of the year candidate with Buddy fucking Murphy on SmackDown yeah. on free TV. So there you go. Well, Brad, get ready for the Wednesday night wars as NXT <laughs> goes up against Wednesday night dynamite. That might be the only set the, the only saving grace is it might take us back to a bygone era uh, of the Monday night wars, which was the best, you know, best time in wrestling. Indeed. Uh, Mark, we answered your question. And um, Will says, what is your favorite RPG of all time? I mean, does uh, like Japanese RPG, um, Final Fantasy VI, uh, American RPG, Mass Effect 2. Yeah, I mean, I I hate to I hate to do this. You you guys may think you're listening to an episode of Men with Golden Tongues, but I'm agreeing with Micah (laughs) on both answers. Um, Actually, you know what? I, I think it's fair to put to to rank Destiny above Mass Effect Two for me at this point. If you consider Destiny to be an RPG, I mean, I, not really, but yeah. I don't. But I can, I can understand the, the argument can be made. It's I, I will say for the Japanese one though, it is a tough call between Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger. Yep, that was my other one. That's the that's the <laughs> that's the other tough one to to, to choose between. Uh, I will tell you what it is. Definitely not in contention for that, and that of course is Final Fantasy VII. Because <laughs> fuck that. 
<laughs> so just, so just, just for the sake of being different, I'll say Chrono Trigger. And in fairness, I think I've played through Chrono Trigger more than I've played through Final Fantasy VI. I mean, you kind of the game kind of warrants it, right? <laughs> no, but I'm saying even from like from zero from from nothing to to completion, I've played Chrono Trigger more. I'm not I'm not counting New Game Plus playthroughs just to get different endings. Oh, okay. So, but yeah, so there you go. So thank you guys uh, for coming in with the post office questions. We posted awful late, so we do appreciate getting so many from you guys. Uh, and that is it. So again, no episode next week. Uh, perhaps Jay. We'll put up an old piece of premium content, uh, perhaps an old episode of the Men with the Golden Tongues uh, instead of that. Uh, but don't forget to go to our fan group, densepix.com slash fans. Follow us in there so that you too can participate in the post office when we do post questions. Uh, again, subscribe to all the TNP Studio shows. Go to densepixels.com slash premium. Sign up for premium content. Uh, YouTube.com slash densepixels. And... If you want to follow Terrence on Twitch, he is Apparition410. And if you want to follow Carrie on Twitch, she is Suppets Carrie. And that is it. So, again, we'll see you all in two weeks. Uh, I hope to be able to talk about a great many games that you guys might be interested in hearing about. Uh, but until then, take it easy. See ya.